0: This is Human v. Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology.
1: Welcome to Human v. Robot. Today, we're going to be talking about cyborgs, uh, human versus robots, or integrating robots, and stuff like that. Uh, I'm Andy Venney, and I'm here with my sister, Heather. Heather, how are you doing this week?
0: Hey, Andy, I'm good, except I've got this cold that's just... Yeah. Will not go away.
1: So yeah i have avoided it since getting back from our holidays but uh i feel like it's inevitable with the kids back in school um yeah
0: (laughs) exactly yeah there's just too many things going around right now i just at this point i'm just like i was saying before we started recording so excited for spring and good weather because then it just feels like some of this dies down a little bit um
1: So, can't wait. Yeah. As far as updates go, I have a couple things. Um, A couple I want to just skim over if anyone's interested. I thought they were uh, interesting things to just bring up. We don't have to go into depth. And the first one was a paper I read this week called uh, Multimodal Large Language Models. So, large language models are what we've been talking about with ChatGPT and stuff like that. They're um, taking a huge corpus of language you know input and being able to generate a sensible output from it Uh, and this one was like what multimodal adds to that is like a more of a concept of modalities in language and I thought this was kind of interesting from maybe from a linguistics perspective or or not like how humans are pretty good at inferring the modality and that just means like the context like what you're what you're talking about, what, uh, in what context you're, you're saying something, you know, is true. Um, and so the paper is actually, the actual title is language is all you, is not all you need aligning perception with language models. Um, and it comes out of, it looks like it comes out of Microsoft research. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't know if I have too much. I, I was kind of just digesting it because I I feel like existing language mo- models are somewhat multimodal, but maybe this is like just being more explicit about the modality. Like for example, when it, with ChatGPT, when you um say like, "Okay, imagine we're in this context. What would you say in this context?" Like it does reasonably well in that kind of thing. Um or like generate code to do this. Like that's, those are all kind of modalities of language. So um, yeah, I just, I just thought I'd brought it, bring it up because I thought it was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I did read something this past week or two about how um, uh, an academic was sort of posting a, a hack for how to use Chat GPT to help you write your papers um, yeah. or to write like not necessarily like papers that are graded but maybe like research papers or to refine your research questions so it was giving some context to a big problem which is like how do you decide what to research and how do you formulate research questions there's different definitely different websites about that but in order to kind of Give you that rubber ducking kind of thing that we talked about a few weeks ago, where so you get someone yeah. to talk back and forth with you. So, yeah. the one thing that they did have is, which I didn't think about, um, was the to add in sort of like the context. So, context and academic, you know, or whatever. So that, and I, I realized I hadn't thought about that. I was just asking it to. Right. It's right. like write me a thing about this topic, and I hadn't thought about the other things, which is like, who's the intended audience? Like, what kind of context? And this is the sort of stuff that needs to be explained or described to chat gpt maybe because it doesn't know what you're thinking so i guess until it does you have to tell it um this is the kind of context like this needs to sound like a blog it needs to be for this audience it needs to be for and you know all of the other stuff it needs that it needs to infer or that a human could infer maybe you need to explain to it i guess is that what kind of what i think
1: so yeah and i think well i think what this paper is doing is trying to add in other like streams of information that like as humans we might say okay here's a sketch or here's a here's a image or whatever like adding in different kind of contexts into the but I I don't know I kind of just like I I read sort of skimming and I'm not entirely sure (laughs) I understand what they like what the difference is or like what they're adding to the field but I thought it was interesting nonetheless. Um.
0: I mean, I think it is interesting. I think even if you think about things like adding in context around, like uh, maybe it needs access to your camera so that it knows what kind of facial expressions are you shrugging? Are you right. using your hands? Or are you squinting? Like th- this all uh, gives the, the listener some context about what is going on, yeah. uh, whether they're tracking with you or it's like, yeah, that's what I want or no, that's not what I want. So um, including those other things definitely makes it more human sounding or valuable to humans
1: yeah so my next uh update is definitely related to this um so my daughter and i were talking about uh we we've for off and on been talking about making our own video game for quite a while and i was like every time we come around to it it's kind of like okay the big problem here is art assets like the kind of game she wants to make it's gonna take a ton of artwork and I don't think either of us are up to that. So I was like oh, chatting, chatting about it. And I was like, well, why don't we just get stable diffusion to create our own assets? So I got us all set up and we, we started generating stuff and it was comically bad. Like it was so terrible <laughs> that, I, and I, so I, to tie it back to the previous one, I even jumped back like to get totally meta. I went into chat GPT and said, generate a, a, uh art prompt or like generate a prompt for stable diffusion because I noticed like the good prompts are very specific and like full of a lot of language so I was like well let's just get chat GPT to generate the prompt for stable diffusion it was all terrible it, it, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it gave us some good context like oh yeah I didn't think about adding that in like um yeah. stuff like that but in general it's not uh <laughs> yeah it's not coming for that job anytime soon I don't think
0: yeah I actually had a similar fail this week I it was just a, a thing at work I was okay so I went to the bakery across the street which is just a great bakery and I i not thought about bringing this up and but I brought this bread and it was sitting on my desk and all I could smell was like toast and I, it was just really bothering me because I was like what am I like what am I smelling bread I was like just such and then I was like And then I put it out in the main area. And then someone said, why did you put this bread here? And I was just, this bread was just too smelly. It was like, these buns are too fragrant. And (laughs) it's like, you know, band name called it, like the Fragrant Buns. And then um, I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I put in our group chat, like an album cover for like the Fragrant Buns, the band. So uh, (laughs) I... So then I was like, oh, I bet, st- I bet, st- you know, Stable Diffusion could do that yeah. for me. So it's like generate an album cover for the band called The Fragrant Buns. And it was just dumb. Like it wasn't an album cover. Like it was just not what I wanted at all. And I was like, tried a few times and I was like, I can't spend more than like 15 minutes on this yeah. before it just gets too ridiculous. Um, but I was like, here's this just a very simple task. Yeah it was like the style the context and everything but it was just like it didn't add the text like i i don't know why it could not manage this task but it was maybe a the input but anyway it was like a joke that didn't that wasn't i guess so yeah
1: i think like using it some more i think like you see the ones you see often are uh very niche like they've been super specific and got very lucky to get a good quality image whereas the vast majority in my experience like people have too many eyes too many fingers too many limbs too many like or like yeah or yeah. like everything is disconnected like um it's it definitely is uh probably a skill unto itself to like get get an actual good quality result out of, out of it
0: yeah like it was like the ones like i i had generated were just like these sort of futuristic things or this yeah these people had all these limbs yeah. and i was like i don't want some dystopian <laughs> alien future i just want some yeah. like d- buns that are steaming <laughs> like i don't right like i just thought how hard could this task yeah. be um you know to sort of like understand like what might be funny about the band name title that we had right, jokingly right. come up with and then generated an image but yeah it was like this thing where this person it was like one of those things where you like fold a piece of paper and then cut a person out and then you like accordion right. it out and it was just like arms attached to arms yeah. and like i was like what is, what is this this is crazy
1: <laughs> yeah it did like it ended up being a fun, like, time of, like, generating weird artwork. <laughs> There's, like... Yeah, and, for sure. But, it, yeah. yeah, it's, it's not... Uh, unfortunately, we're going to either have to find an artist or or uh, brush up on our <laughs> game art <laughs> asset chops to actually okay, create okay. this game. Um, okay. But, yeah, cool. after using ChatGPT some more, like, a thought kind of hit me is that, like... Um, where like i feel like i'm pretty good at like quote unquote doing the research when it comes to like finding out the truth about something and like uh researching stuff but i realized how legit the output of chat gpt often often feels and so like my recommendation is always like well take take the output then do do your do the research and fact check it right but i the the thing that i thought about was like well what happens when the top G- google search results are also output of chat gpt is that good is that a future is that on the horizon where like people are generating articles on every known topic and then so for these niche ones you end up getting a legit sounding article or whatever that your fact check is just as unreliable as the <laughs> the
0: uh yeah I mean I have also had that existential threat crisis in mind yeah. as well it's like what happens when um what happens when so nothing you consume is like has been touched by a human yeah. I guess um I don't know the more I do this podcast with you the more I learn sort of like how blurry all of these right. lines are and how much it's just sort of like working around my own comfort level I guess yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely something that I, I'm thinking about more as I, as I read more. Like I'm, often I'll read an article and be like, I wonder, you know, could this have been generated by an AI? (laughs) Like, uh, like, and do I care? Like in some cases I probably don't care. Like if it's a movie review or stuff like that, like it's like, whatever it, it's giving me the, the high level overview. That's fine. Um. But for, like, academic topics, I want a real person with a real research background to to be, you know, telling me the facts, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. it's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit segues into my update. Did you have... Uh...
1: Yeah, I'll maybe just mention this last article. I okay. I like read it and I was like, I don't understand it. It's Mark Andreessen, which is he's like a VC whatever guy, like, um, and he he wrote an article that basically said like uh, there are many fields where technology is not allowed to disrupt it, and I I kind of like. I kind of mm. raised my eyebrows at that. I'm like I kind of see how government and other th- like things like that are extremely laggy with respect to technological adoption, but I didn't I don't, didn't entirely see the point of like saying that they're completely immune to it. Like um i
0: think they are not immune because what about um like he's talking about the the headline is where we're heading into a world where a flat screen tv that covers your entire wall costs a hundred dollars and a four-year degree costs a million dollars so i can sort of understand what this article is about um but the thing is that technology is disrupting education in a big way already like in degree programs like i think what's happening is like there's sort of a there's already a sort of multi-tier system of educational credentialing, but when we talk about like massive open online courses and micro-credentialing and sort of people even building their own. So yeah, getting that piece of paper from an Ivy League university might end up costing a million dollars at the end of the day, but in terms of the transactional value of that piece of paper versus the person who like micro-credentialed themselves into a job is I guess the question that I would ask. So At what point then do the big universities kind of go into some kind of obsolescence with teaching or education and focus on instead research or something like that? So to what extent do their role change in society? Um, And then to what extent do those other players that are adopting the technology with, you know, and also just a sort of shift towards, um, you know, building your own degree um, and building your own knowledge? does that happen right instead of this sort of like generalists that come out with arts and science degrees i say this lovingly because i have one <laughs> yeah. um but you know what i mean like what's the value of that like i i mean in terms of people like they learn how to think it's like well could we all take a course online that was like taught us how to think like yeah, i don't know right yeah. like
1: so i've thought this with with government as well because that's where my head went with this one because i i feel like government is like the the Prime example of like a lagging <laughs> lag industry, sort of, in for understandably and oh, sort man. of frustratingly at other times. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll you'll find yes. I, um, I agree. So I wondered, sure. like, maybe we're heading into a world where like smaller, like countries, newer countries, countries that are you know have a, an extreme advantage in that they can uh not be limited by these like huge legal frameworks that are preventing um technological adoption in government or you know so maybe they can have extreme advantages or in the case of which i think it was was it venezuela that was adopting crypto for their (laughs) or uh, whatever or or like extremely uh dubious uh you know yeah so that's where my head went but uh, and and mainly i was like am i missing something is there something like
0: yeah i think it's kind of like the question i think needs to be asked is to what extent do systems need to be just like i think holding holding firm to the current power structures and saying like these institutions are the ones that are going to have the power to deliver these things but they must be transformed or is the question whether or not they sort of become hollowed out through this sort of changing and development of new technology and that kind of suddenly starts covering everything in right. the middle so um like 90 percent of people receiving credentials of certain kind are Doing it through like technological adoption from anywhere in the world, where you just basically, when you graduate sort of like whatever high school is, you take a quiz and they match you with credentials based on your aptitude, and you take your own personalized micro degree right. program from anywhere in the world. Or do those institutions hold on to that, yeah, that piece of paper where you walk across the stage? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I think that that thing where you're just like, we cannot. We cannot address or argue with the structures Or the structures have to stay there But they need to be transformed You know right. so that they can be current I'm just like well but that is holding on To some kind of sort of this power structure That came from somewhere Like do, do we have to question that And I, this is not a commentary on the yeah. article's author Because I didn't even read okay. it But yeah. th- that's, that's the question that I have Right is like are we saying we need to hold on To this thing because we, we need it you know what, uh, or, or it's just like, maybe there's like transformative ways to get around sort of dismantling it or hollowing out the things that we don't need anymore. I I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah. I think like from my perspective, and I'm probably quite cynical and biased against like the university institution is like, to me, that piece of paper is really just an indicator of like generational wealth and existing, like, uh, Uh, like an in-group kind of uh, mentality where you support the people like because it's not really an indicator like it does indicate something about personal drive and motivation but for the most part like the people that are getting that are the ones that have had the advantages to, um, to get there and it's like I think there's other indicators that are much better about like true value or whatever I, I don't want to go too far into that that's probably too much but yeah let's, let's
0: yeah i i think that that it's the whole sort of question is fair and and around like i think that you're right to say that the places where uh these systems are not quite as developed or entrenched is the places you see the most innovation um, because then you don 't have to dismantle current systems because then you 're not dealing with like fear it 's kind of like if you go into somebody's house and it 's a mess to try to clean well somebody somebody <laughs> is me i 'm i 'm the mess yeah. um it, you know it 's a mess to clean up, but I was just thinking like what if I just like just moved it sometimes I just think what if i just moved into a new house and only brought the stuff i needed you know right like that feeling right it's just like well what if it was just a blank canvas and i didn't have anything and i could just go pick the things i wanted and just light the rest on fire (laughs) you know it's it's terrible but you know but that that kind of mentality that where you're sort of uh, it's it's that sort of old uh what's his name this uh thinking fast and slow guy right um uh, kahneman and you know it's this sort of that loss uh that feeling of loss right so some psychology i think involved there but yeah um Anyway, I, I think it's opportunities to learn sort of like innovative ways to do. But I think this, you know, government and governance, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's interesting ways to, to see that transformed or changed or like given off to a different part of like or seeing where those roles and responsibilities are being sort of like creeped in by other right. things that are adopting technology. And what if that could just be the
1: thing that we used? Yeah. I li- I like your terminology of hollowing out like cuz I think that that's that feels apt to me like that that that's what it feels like is I think like people will find the the best cases where technology could be a a, a huge huge win and then slowly hollow out the existing structures using new technology cool
0: yeah so we're not, and then by that virtue, we're not saying, because like, look, I think if you say, well, we need to transform governments so that they're better at adopting technology. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, enjoy dying on that hill, uh, because it just won't happen, you know? Right. So I think it's like other pathways is more... Anyway, sorry we got we got into that one.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even sure if I was going to bring it up, but I'm glad I'm glad I did. Um, So for your Uh, update,
0: can go pretty quickly through mine. Yeah, so I I was like uh, on the on when we we talked about how we went on a cruise and I had no access to the internet, which was great. Well, not no, but very limited, and uh, so that was sort of the unsurprising upside of the whole thing. So I was like, you know. I feel like there's a lot of noise in my life from just like I'm always trying to figure out what like what the right thing to do is like what's the thing you know right. and I, I felt like this the mm-hmm. social media was sort of like giving me pressure on this and i was being you know because even the whole concept of influencers like on instagram or tiktok or whatever i don't know if there's facebook influencers but whatever (laughs) i was like i don't want to be influenced like seriously like i don't need somebody telling me what to buy or that i need to buy more stuff or like how to live my life so you know like i i think uh, i just started getting frustrated with that but that whole thing it was like okay well that's one thing so I was like I don't need the apps I don't need to be influenced I don't want to be influenced yeah. so um I was like but the one thing I noticed is whenever I would open my phone I was like I gotta scroll like right. I just I can't it, it's just like a thing where my thumb was having like phantom scroll syndrome okay, okay. I I have I have to scroll
1: yeah
0: maybe you don't but i feel like i do because I, sometimes you're bored and you open i feel like i
1: want to comment on that i know the feeling but i'm not entirely sure but yes continue
0: okay because on my phone i had my books yeah. like i have like a, a library book app or two of them so i had that it was good and I have, like, some word games, you know, like the one that Mina was playing. I had, like, a little thing or whatever. Yeah. And uh, just a couple. Like, I have my email and stuff, which is, like, what, like my Gmail. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, those, those are the only apps that I was really interacting with after I deleted them. And I, I was, like... I don't know. Like at a certain point, I was like, I'm going to open LinkedIn in a browser just so I can scroll something. Like I, I was, it was no, dire. I'll tell you what. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was just like, I can't like, I mean, I got nothing against LinkedIn, yeah. but I was like, I'm just so I could scroll. It was really funny, right. you know? And so then I was like, okay, I need an app to scroll. So I, it, I know I saw something somewhere that was like founders of Instagram or the sort of brains behind Instagram has found has created a new app called Artifact that is a uh, Social media. It's not a social media app I guess in the sense that there are like really a lot of people that you interact with it is like a news It's kind of like I don't know feed Um, But they use... I mean, so the thing that they're saying is that the sort of real sort of edge that social media has now is in the sense of machine learning. It learns you. And everybody says this like, oh, join TikTok. It'll learn you in a few minutes. It's like so freaky that way. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Machine learning's got so good. I was like, surely there must be a way to personalize the kind of content I want so I could just sort of browse through things that are interesting without having the social aspect, which is just like some person saying some nonsense about whatever. You know, like I don't really... I don't know. Like, if I want to know what my friends are up to, I'll text them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, not that I'm saying I don't like. It. I just felt like I needed some space from that in my totally. life, just to see in what people were doing. I, whatever. Yeah. They live their live your best life. I'm over here just trying to do some. So, um. So yeah, I, I did download this app and it's it's learning about me, I guess, as we go here. But I'm also afraid to click on things because I'm like, what does that say about me? Like, what is <laughs> <laughs> right. What does this change the app to? I I don't know. So I'm sort of like struggling between like it learning me and not, but anyway, I'll I'll just to say that I have downloaded that and that's my new, that's my new scroll. So
1: So, yeah, I find that it's interesting and I downloaded it. I, as soon as I read it, I was like, that's seems like something I would want to, cause I've kind of like the thing that uh, gets that, you know, Hits that scroll sweet spot for me is like the Google News feed, which I is basically the only like um, regular scrolling I do, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but like the the only <laughs> the only thing I scroll through, like because I I'm the same. I deleted uh, pretty much all social media apps from my phone a while back. Uh, I kind of held on to Twitter until uh, the whole Twitter blow up happened and then I, like I was like well I don't even need Twitter really I'm like I I feel like I'm getting keeping up with what's happening in the world with the Google news feed but it's also like it is algorithmic and but it also feels a little um like like I would tr- like to try an alternative and this seems like a good alternative um so yeah I I had no thoughts beyond that but I think it's interesting I think this is um I think it's important because c- like you say I think there is l- like the the obvious take on what you said is like you don't care what your friends say or like a, but th- I don't <laughs> think that's not what you're saying at all right it's, it's like I I think like the best conversation happens one on one it doesn't happen with someone trying to broadcast to even a small group of their friends like that that's always bad conversation like the good content is either the one on one or the curated like news like where you've fully expressed your point like a a proper article or blog post or whatever like those are good i like following people's blogs and stuff but i don't the in between the microblogging, I think, is just too lazy and always misinterpreted. Where you get this like just this froth of bad, <laughs> like it feels like a frothing, teeming mass of people wanting to get angry. Yeah, like pieces yeah. of yeah.
0: things. Yeah, and that's yeah.
1: that's where the exactly yeah the definite like I can totally see like one on one is great, but also this like uh, proper well thought out articles is is the you know I, d- I don't think we need that middle ground in our lives mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah no i felt like i didn't because i just felt like it was adding a lot of noise um that gave me like an in my my response my right physical response was to leave it feeling
1: uh, anxious yeah that makes sense yeah. okay, we should get to our main topic since I think we're, we're which we which <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we've basically <laughs> taken up the entire time with our uh, updates, but that's fine too. uh we we're we we're gonna okay. talk about cyborgs and um so the the definition I came up with, and there could be others is basically just augmenting human senses and intelligence. And like I think it's a it's a fuzzy line between like there already is a lot of technological augmentation right now like that's kind of the history of humanity is like going from like using tools like going from tools to things like an abacus which is and then calculators and cell phones like they're all like tools that augment our intelligence but i think when we're talking about cyborgs we're talking more about like integrated into our bodies i would say right yeah um so which there are those as well like hearing aids and like uh pacemakers like a lot of things that can augment or like invisibly you know integrate into our bodies um but i think like I, i i think i'm deliberately being obtuse by like giving those examples because I think we kind of know what we mean when we talk about cyborgs uh, and um yeah I'm curious to know what the difference is you know like is, is cyborgs a different thing yeah. than, than that right
0: yeah, so the one thing I found that was, like, uh, I, I thought, felt like this is sort of a useful, maybe helpful classification is in terms of augmentation. There's the things that replicate, so that, um, so, like, this is, like, I just, for some reason, I think I thought of a pirate with a peg leg, okay. and a, you know, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, what, they didn't have a leg, you got a stick instead, right? So Pretty
1: crude replication. Okay, yeah, yeah. So there
0: you go. So it's it's just to take something, you know, or... or uh, you know, and so the only to the pirate whatever was just to say that there's this something that we're very pretty comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, except for maybe when it comes to like, a I don't know. So that yeah, like the augmentation in terms of replication is just to make something that is lost somehow. Yeah. Um. So then there's the supplementation, um, which is to sort of like add something in, um, like the uh, make it better, like the sort of. Uh, Yeah, like I think you mentioned later, but Google Glass or something like that came to mind when you were like, okay, making it. And then there was the exceeding human ability, um, which is the part where, you know, adding new senses or like making sort of some superhuman thing or whatever. um, Sort of built-in things where we all get new senses and we get <laughs> we, you know read people's brains or whatever so that's kind of or, or you know we, we're the terminator i i don't know yeah. whatever you know stuff like that so um i i don't necessarily think that that's like only it's only helpful in the sense that it just gives some kind of helps you think about the topic i think right Um, Or that it helped me to think about it because uh, on the surface of it when you say something like cyborgs You think well, that's crazy off in the future and then someone says well, that's basically just like using a stick Yeah (laughs) Uh, Well, okay, but there are other Variations I think on that so it could yeah it can which I guess would be supplementation right Right. the stick usage It's not actually replicating your arm. It's just that you don't want to stick your hand in a boiling pot of something so um, Maybe to stir a pot I guess yeah um that was the stick in my head was a wooden okay. spoon i guess i didn't fail <laughs> you in sense. on that one it's not like a walking <laughs> stick that
1: you're putting in your soup
0: okay. yeah gotcha. well you know yeah right 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 um so anyways, uh, there's just, uh, the more I thought about it, the more it was just kind of like whatever line I thought was here between like sort of like today when we're like humans that are unaugmented to the- a future where we're suddenly augmented was very blurry because yeah. I'm like, well, is wearing a shoe augmentation? <laughs> like, right? Like, yeah. um, so the difference between wearing a shoe and wearing some kind of like having something implanted in your brain, I mean, yeah. I don't know, um, Anyway, more to this
1: but yeah, I so I think the main the main thing that I think people worry about the, uh, like uh, about this and I think the reason I brought up Google Glass specifically was because I think there was like kind of a cultural pushback against any technology where it's doing something in a social context that you don't know what it's doing. And I think that that would definitely become more of a issue the more augmentation becomes possible like i think people are uncomfortable and even now like i think there's some social pushback about like about like everyone getting their phone out while you're (laughs) having supper you know like or like in social situations it's it's kind of like i think there is a sense where it's like we don't want these things getting in between our um us b- between each other, you know? Um, and I think that would like, that's where Google glass is like, what just kind of failed because it's kind of like that sense of like, same with people wearing Bluetooth headsets around all the time, you know, like, it's like, uh, can you take that out? Like, even the, even if you can hear me just fine or whatever, it's like, it's awkward. It feel, it doesn't feel right. Um, so I think, there's a concern there. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that was actually my one point when I I sort of had my loose notes here on, I just thought, well, if augmentation really isn't anything new, um, like using my my stick to stir a pot, there you go, my wooden spoon to stir a pot. um, I didn't give you the context there, that would have helped. so why do we have any resistance? And I, I think the transparency of augmentation is, is the problem. So it's like the person who <laughs> it's kind of like that feeling when someone's like, Oh, hi. And then you're like, hi. And then you realize that person just answered the call on their Bluetooth right, headphones. Right. And you're like, <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, no. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Um, so aside from the embarrassment, it's, it's just not being able to see, Oh, or like, uh, our dad, you know, he has his hearing yeah. aids that has Bluetooth in them. So he's just like, Oh, Hey. And I was like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> (laughs) or he's watching tv with no volume and laughing and you're like (laughs) what (laughs) um so you know it's it's the part of it that you can't see and for you know even for the hearing aids it's even more so because he's always got them in so you don't know what they're hooked to so you don't know what the person is hearing and if they're hearing that they're not hearing you so it's that part where there's no transparency like um i was reading about somebody who's got an implant that helps uh helps them to identify earthquakes so it's just like this vi- you know this internal you get a feeling okay. <laughs> like so there's an earthquake somewhere i don't know why like huh. but it's just this business about adding a sense like another sense right so y- like you could do that for a- anything right so um but it's like well i don't know what value that has to that person but um but there's other things you know this could be someone could be augmented to have their you know other human facial impression you know something interpretations of what the other person was saying this so like it's gonna tell you what they're thinking or like all this other stuff where people are going to be getting different information yeah. but i mean aren't they anyways like that's the question is do i process things the same as you do probably right. not um So I don't know. It's this, the can't see it business, I think is the part that's the most concerning um, for people. And there's this, uh, I think there's also this business of just completely not understanding really how it works. So there's this sort of like vulnerability to hacking, I think is the number one concern around augmentation is uh, security, which is, I think, fair. I think there's also this sort of like sense of a, which... I don't know how much this stops people, generally speaking, but uh, this sort of, like, inequality, building inequality, where you're just, like, um, certain people can augment themselves to have these special abilities and certain people can't. Um, But I also had this thought around, like, what is this sort of, what, how might this be influenced by this sort of, like, I don't know what do you call it, like a cultural phenomenon or something like that around a sort of a purity thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like around purism as in not transforming or changing yourself from a certain humanness, so like a sort of pre-born condition. So like augmenting right. yourself in a certain way might be seen as threatening in that way because it's, it's changing people in ways that then others cannot perceive how and why and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I thought maybe there's some of that in there as well
1: yeah and well so somewhat in in relation to cyborgs but definitely in relation to like biotechnical technical hacking like biotech is very much uh like i think there's ethical concerns whether like valid or not like because i think um as as we're saying here like it is really just an extension of what we've been doing throughout human history in a, in a lot of ways. So is there something specifically about, like, this kind of augmentation that's different than shoes or a stick or all these things, you know? Is it is it just <laughs> yeah, an extension right. of those things? Or is it is it fundamentally different some way? Um, and that... I, I didn't expect to have an answer to that after researching this topic, and I still don't feel like I do, but I think... I don't think yeah, I do either. Um, but I think it is interesting, and it's... The more I read, like, the more I realized, well, this is, like, this is pretty much what sci-fi was invented for. Like, almost every sci-fi story is some version of this. Like, how... Yeah. Uh, you brought up Gattaca, which, was like, uh, brought up the topic of, like, is it going to create this like levels of humanity where the, only the rich get these augmentation and they, you know, it unlocks a, a new level. And another show that, that I watched called altered carbon kind of had that same thing where people were basically able to just transfer their mind from one body to another move, move through bodies and then like replicate so like basically like there's this top tier of society that were like the long-lived people that could afford new bodies every you know uh and basically live forever right um and then the downsides of that the the dark side which sci-fi always has to get into um so it's it's interesting but i don't know I, I, don't, I don't know if I buy it, I guess. I, I just think it's... I'm, I'm very interested in, in it, I guess I should say.
0: Yeah, I, I do think, though, that the part... So I always want to ask the question about, like, is there... Are are the reasons that people saying, are they the real reasons? Or are they just uh, a reason that's easy to talk about and the real reason is hard to talk about right. or hard to access? And that's why I brought up the business around some sense of pure human beings as opposed to sort of like these altered or, you know, uh, you know, cheaters, people who cheat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it's even like that with celebrities. It's just like, well, just when you're looking on like, yeah, like social media, which I guess I don't really anymore, but it's kind of like, well, just be aware that people either have a filter on or have gotten plastic surgery or right. you know like there's just stuff that these people have access to that you just don't yeah so this is just that's going to be a reason why they're going to look different um but i think it's the sense around like i don't know that like this sort of like alteration of things that's outside of something that can be accessed by other people so it it does kind of evoke this power and control thing where we're like well we know (laughs) what people are up to so then we can control them you know but if we don't know what they're up to well then they can get up to anything right right um so that threatening part is the part that i'm kind of like well i just think we should pay attention to that as you know it goes on this kind of I don't know who, how how involved I'm going to be in conversations around cyborgs, but that's going to be something that I will pay attention to. Is this part where I'm like, is it just because I think it's just it's just worrying to me somehow because it's a yeah, it's just something I can't see, you know, or
1: understand. Yeah, and actually thinking about it a little more altered carbon, I would highly recommend as something that really explores this because like there's there's a few reasons why people don't um, like a few limitations to it and one one is financial like i said like the most rich people are the ones that are are able to afford the the bodies but uh, and to keep themselves backed up sort of like the infrastructure to make that happen and then there's like uh another subplot which is like this religious coding where people can say well this is just wrong to do this so never spin me back up in a new shell they call them (laughs) like okay and and then like a couple other and then like like the poorest people get like um like prisoners basically just get put on ice sort of thing and like and like just like some weird uh like some interesting uh potential like if that kind of technology was for, possible for
0: somebody more virtuous to take their body over like right yeah which is, yeah basically yeah which is like well that's huge so yeah like, um, like a but, lot of yeah. like if
1: that kind of technology was possible there's a huge amount of moral and ethical concerns for sure um mm-hmm. but i think yeah we've we've got a long way to go and like the the practical thing right now i i I feel like is pretty similar to existing, like augmentation. So I like, I'm not, I'm not worried about imminent (laughs) cyborg, like (laughs) ethical challenges, but I don't know, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think I'm just... I am personally excited about this in the sense of of the uh, future of, like, you know, in terms of health and how we can... Even the replication part where we can, like, get better at replicating certain parts of bodies right. or whatever. It just sounds sounds like a good sort of way for um, healthcare to progress. Um, yeah. The other thing I think is around uh, drawing lines around things that, um, that are not part of a body, but that are... Essentially, like, okay. I was listening to. I was just on my way to work in the car. I was listening to the current on CBC, and they talked about um, they had people who were you know in wheelchairs, and that people had their wheelchairs like damaged to the degree to which they could use them right. on a flight, and it was just shocking to hear the kinds of things that people have to go through to, like, get on a plane, it was, like, this person was talking about how it was just, it was humiliating, honestly, like, the yeah. the, the person's pants had fallen off, like, the, the catheter had come out, like, because they had to pick him up and put him on a plane and then pick him up and put him back in the wheelchair. And I was just, like, it's not, like, isn't that the, the wheelchair, isn't that the person's legs? Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it was kind of that, I think, to me, as around sort of the legal and policy side of it is looking at, the, the You know, though the augmentation might not be work like legs, yeah. they're functioning like legs. And so then how can we, you know, I don't know, protect people's dignity around those things? Because it's like all the persons who's functionally their legs, their their way of getting around, you know, all they can do is if it's broken is, you know, for like thousands of dollars of wheelchair is to just submit a, a you know, damaged baggage form. It's not the same, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I just, I think maybe that I'm interested to see um, how, if more things are augmented on people as we go along, like how that part shakes down around like what's sort of like drawing the line around what is a person and what is like, you know, the extra parts, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that that also brings up the kind of a, a... like i i think the ex- accessibility concern is a very important one but i it also has kind of this built-in thing where we're like wh- like because the ideal would be like oh you know what if we could augment the person so their fun, their, their legs function just like a hu- like like normal quote unquote normal right but that's got all these like assumptions baked in like well like this norm that we're talking about is, is just our um, assumption uh, normative assumptions, right? Like they, there's no reason that they have to, um, that a person has to be augmented to work like an unaugmented augmented person. <laughs> maybe like that's, and, and similar with like vision or any other augmentation. Like if, if we come up with a, prosthetic eye that can see infrared is there any like there's nothing wrong with that that's like but like assuming i don't know like assuming like they they could make like an x-ray or whatever like maybe there is something wrong with that if if it's doing something totally different than i don't i don't know there's a lot of yeah i don't know how to think about those things sometimes like because when we think about like sci-fi augmentation it's it's about doing something that's beyond the capability of humans right whereas like a wheelchair is sort of replicating human but like if it's powered or whatever like maybe it's like beyond what a human can do because they're moving Mm -hmm. faster than (laughs) like all, all these kind of things i don't know it's like there's there's definitely um concerns (laughs) um and i i even think about like the prevalence of the little scooters now like in in malls and stuff like i i think they're fantastic like it gives like generally elderly people but it gives them a much more mobility and independence but it also is like um they're operating different than they they're kind of taking advantage maybe of some of the wheelchair accessibility but also the um I don't know where I'm going with this thought <laughs> it's totally uh, uh but it is interesting cuz it is the I I see it sort of as as an augmentation like we're talking about right
0: Mhm Yeah it, it's uh anyway it, <laughs> That is to say, like, just did, if if anyone's listening and they think the cyborgs never thought I'd be interested in this, I think there's something for everybody in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, uh, you know, because thinking about drawing a big broad line around augmentation about sort of that like what it means to be augmented what are you already do you wear glasses like i don't know like you know like there's all kinds of things Do you wear a shoe like right um so you know and uh, probably as tech increases this will be a way that people like you know gonna sell you things that will augment you in some way shape or form and you know you might take advantage of it so i I think that it's not the sci-fi cyborg thing is just like okay well that's probably not that i mean if you like that sort of thing but i think there's a lot um of stuff that are more in the real world that are already, you know, probably have some impact on your life or your field or your families. So
1: Yeah. Or that, like, that you could probably take into account when building stuff. Like I I know accessibility is a big thing. Like in, in what I do, like it's, I would say growing, but not still not, not fantastic in like, in accommodating people with different um, capabilities, like like color blindness is the obvious one in in web uh, work, where often it's not taken into account just because it's like not obvious that someone is perceiving the world differently than we are, <laughs> right? Like um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, lots of lots of things that I think affect us in in real life not just some sci-fi future
0: (laughs) yes yeah exactly yeah and i think in terms of accessibility it's like just as we understand more about brains how they work like all this sort of stuff that's it's going to be complicated because there's going to be some people that are just going to. I don't know, it's, it's or not understand or not know how to deal with it or just think it's an excuse or whatever, but like the, how we perceive things differently, how we operate, how we communicate differently. Like, and I was just researching actually before, uh, I was going to have this as my update, but there's a new browser that's been invented for people with ADHD to minimize distractions. Oh, okay. So I'm like, yes, yeah, stuff like that, you know, it's yeah. just like, okay, this is the person, you know, capitalizing on that with a startup. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and I think, yeah, great. Like, it's uh, it has these different features uh, to help people to to concentrate on a task, and it works faster, so people don't get distracted (laughs) in between the sort of the prompt and the search. Um, So, yeah, it was. I'll I'll send you that link. Um, It's a a TechCrunch article, but
1: yeah, I mean, exciting stuff. uh, I think, but yeah awesome well thanks for chatting heather we will uh, talk to you next time
0: okay that sounds good all right yeah bye thank you for listening to hear all our episodes search for human v robot wherever you find your podcasts